Volume Two, Part Two, Chapter Twelve, of the Ingenious Gentleman Don Quixote of La Mancha, by Miguel de Cervantes Saavedra, translated by John Ormsby, eighteen twenty nine to eighteen ninety five. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Volume Two, Part Two, Chapter Twelve, of the Strange Adventure which befell the Valiant Don Quixote with the bold knight of the mirrors the night succeeding the day of the encounter with death don quixote and his squire passed under some tall shady trees and don quixote at sancho's persuasion ate a little from the store carried by dapple and over their supper sancho said to his master senor what a fool i should have looked if i had chosen for my reward the spoils of the first adventure your worship achieved instead of the foals of the three mares after all a sparrow in the hand is better than a vulture on the wing at the same time sancho replied don quixote if thou hadst let me attack them as i wanted at the very least the emperor's gold crown and cupid's painted wings would have fallen to thee as spoils for i should have taken them by force and given them into thy hands the sceptres and crowns of those play-actor emperors said sancho were never yet pure gold but only brass foil or tin that is true said don quixote for it would not be right that the accessories of the drama should be real instead of being mere fictions and semblances like the drama itself towards which sancho and as a necessary consequence towards those who represent and produce it i would that thou wert favourably disposed for they are all instruments of great good to the state placing before us at every step a mirror in which we may see vividly displayed what goes on in human life nor is there any similitude that shows us more faithfully what we are and ought to be than the play and the players come tell me hast thou not seen a play acted in which kings emperors pontiffs knights ladies and divers other personages were introduced one plays the villain another the knave this one the merchant that the soldier one the sharp-witted fool another the foolish lover and when the play is over and they have put off the dresses they wore in it all the actors become equal yes i have seen that said sancho well then said don quixote the same thing happens in the comedy and life of this world where some play emperors others popes and in short all the characters that can be brought into a play but when it is over that is to say when life ends death strips them of all the garments that distinguish one from the other and all are equal in the grave a fine comparison said sancho though not so new but that i have heard it many and many a time as well as that other one of the game of chess how so long as the game lasts each piece has its own particular office and when the game is finished they are all mixed jumbled up and shaken together and stowed away in the bag which is much like ending life in the grave thou art growing less doltish and more shrewd every day sancho said don quixote ay said sancho it must be that some of your worship's shrewdness sticks to me land that of itself is barren and dry will come to yield good fruit if you dung it and till it what i mean is that your worship's conversation has been the dung that has fallen on the barren soil of my dry wit and the time i have been in your service and society has been the tillage and with the help of this i hope to yield fruit in abundance that will not fall away or slide from those paths of good breeding that your worship has made in my parched understanding don quixote laughed at sancho's affected phraseology and perceived that what he said about his improvement was true 
for now and then he spoke in a way that surprised him though always or mostly when sancho tried to talk fine and attempted polite language he wound up by toppling over from the summit of his simplicity into the abyss of his ignorance and where he showed his culture and his memory to the greatest advantage was in dragging in proverbs no matter whether they had any bearing or not upon the subject in hand as may have been seen already and will be noticed in the course of this history in conversation of this kind they passed a good part of the night but sancho felt a desire to let down the curtains of his eyes as he used to say when he wanted to go to sleep and stripping dapple he left him at liberty to graze his fill he did not remove rocinante's saddle as his master's express orders were that so long as they were in the field or not sleeping under a roof rocinante was not to be stripped the ancient usage established and observed by knights-errant being to take off the bridle and hang it on the saddle-bow but to remove the saddle from the horse never sancho acted accordingly and gave him the same liberty he had given dapple between whom and rocinante there was a friendship so unequalled and so strong that it is handed down by tradition from father to son that the author of this veracious history devoted some special chapters to it which in order to preserve the propriety and decorum due to a history so heroic he did not insert therein although at times he forgets this resolution of his and describes how eagerly the two beasts would scratch one another when they were together and how when they were tired or full rocinante would lay his neck across dapples stretching half a yard or more on the other side and the pair would stand thus gazing thoughtfully on the ground for three days or at least so long as they were left alone or hunger did not drive them to go and look for food i may add that they say the author left it on record that he likened their friendship to that of nisus and euryalus and pylades and orestes and if that be so it may be perceived to the admiration of mankind how firm the friendship must have been between these two peaceful animals shaming men who preserve friendships with one another so badly this was why it was said for friend no longer is their friend the reeds turn lances now and someone else has sung friend to friend the bug etc and let no one fancy that the author was at all astray when he compared the friendship of these animals to that of men for men have received many lessons from beasts and learned many important things as for example the cloister from the stork vomit and gratitude from the dog watchfulness from the crane foresight from the ant modesty from the elephant and loyalty from the horse sancho at last fell asleep at the foot of a cork tree while don quixote dozed at that of a sturdy oak but a short time only had elapsed when a noise he heard behind him awoke him and rising up startled he listened and looked in the direction the noise came from and perceived two men on horseback one of whom letting himself drop from the saddle said to the other dismount my friend and take the bridles off the horses for so far as i can see this place will furnish grass for them and the solitude and silence my lovesick thoughts need of as he said this he stretched himself upon the ground and as he flung himself down the armour in which he was clad rattled whereby don quixote perceived that he must be a knight-errant and going over to sancho who was asleep he shook him by the arm and with no small difficulty brought him back to his senses and said in a low voice to him brother sancho we have got an adventure god send us a good one said sancho and where may her ladyship the adventure be where sancho replied don quixote 
turn thine eyes and look and thou wilt see stretched there a knight-errant who it strikes me is not over and above happy for i saw him fling himself off his horse and throw himself on the ground with a certain air of dejection and his armour rattled as he fell well said sancho how does your worship make out that to be an adventure i do not mean to say returned don quixote that it is a complete adventure but that it is the beginning of one for it is in this way adventures begin but listen for it seems he is tuning a lute or guitar and from the way he is spitting and clearing his chest he must be getting ready to sing something faith you are right said sancho and no doubt he is some enamoured knight there is no knight-errant that is not said don quixote but let us listen to him for if he sings by that thread we shall extract the ball of his thoughts because out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh sancho was about to reply to his master but the knight of the grove's voice which was neither very bad nor very good stopped him and listening attentively the pair heard him sing this sonnet your pleasure privy lady mine unfold declare the terms that i am to obey my will to yours submissively i mould and from your law my feet shall never stray would you i die to silent grief a prey then count me even now as dead and cold would you i tell my woes in some new way then shall my tale by love itself be told the unison of opposites to prove of the soft wax and diamond hard am i but still obedient to the laws of love here hard or soft i offer you my breast whate'er you grave or stamp thereon shall rest indelible for all eternity with an ah me that seemed to be drawn from the inmost recesses of his heart the knight of the grove brought his lay to an end and shortly afterwards exclaimed in a melancholy and piteous voice o oh, fairest and most ungrateful woman on earth what can it be most serene casildea de vandalia that thou wilt suffer this thy captive knight to waste away and perish in ceaseless wanderings and rude and arduous toils it is not enough that i have compelled all the knights of navarre all the leonese all the tartesians all the castilians and finally all the knights of la mancha to confess thee the most beautiful in the world not so said don quixote at this for i am of la mancha and i have never confessed anything of the sort nor could i nor should i confess a thing so much to the prejudice of my lady's beauty thou seest how this knight is raving sancho but let us listen perhaps he will tell us more about himself that he will return sancho for he seems in a mood to bewail himself for a month at a stretch but this was not the case for the knight of the grove hearing voices near him instead of continuing his lamentation stood up and exclaimed in a distinct but courteous tone who goes there what are you do you belong to the number of the happy or of the miserable of the miserable answered don quixote then come to me said he of the grove and rest assured that it is to woe itself and affliction itself you come don quixote finding himself answered in such a soft and courteous manner went over to him and so did sancho the doleful knight took don quixote by the arm saying sit down here sir knight for that you are one and of those that profess knight-errantry it is to me a sufficient proof to have found you in this place where solitude and night the natural couch and proper retreat of knights-errant keep you company to which don made answer a knight i am of the profession you mention 
and though sorrows misfortunes and calamities have made my heart their abode the compassion i feel for the misfortunes of others has not been thereby banished from it from what you have just now sung i gather that yours spring from love i mean from the love you bear that fair ingrate you named in your lament in the meantime they had seated themselves together on the hard ground peaceably and sociably just as if as soon as day broke they were not going to break one another's heads are you sir knight in love perchance asked he of the grove of don quixote by mischance i am replied don quixote though the ills arising from well-bestowed affections should be esteemed favours rather than misfortunes that is true returned he of the grove if scorn did not unsettle our reason and understanding for if it be excessive it looks like revenge i was never scorned by my lady said don quixote certainly not said sancho who stood close by for my lady is as a lamb and softer than a roll of butter is this your squire asked he of the grove he is said don quixote i never yet saw a squire said he of the grove who ventured to speak when his master was speaking at least there is mine who is as big as his father and it cannot be proved that he has ever opened his lips when i am speaking by my faith then said sancho i have spoken and am fit to speak in the presence of one as much or even but never mind it only makes it worse to stir it the squire of the grove took sancho by the arm saying to him let us two go where we can talk in squire style as much as we please and leave these gentlemen our masters to fight it out over the story of their loves and depend upon it daybreak will find the matter without having made an end of it so be it by all means said sancho and i will tell your worship who i am that you may see whether i am to be reckoned among the number of the most talkative squires with this the two squires withdrew to one side and between them there passed a conversation as droll as that which passed between their masters was serious end of volume two part two chapter twelve recording by expatriate in bangor maine